Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast coming at you from Chicago, Illinois. Big Randy and I are here. We are going to wrap up our week at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. But uh, it was a big weekend in golf. We didn't get to see a lot of uh, other stuff that happened, but we wanted to touch on a few other things that were going on. Randy, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, just caught bits and pieces of the action from the media center and other televisions we were able to get in front of during the week. The Euro event over in France looked, that course looked pretty sick. Reports are good on that on that layout, on that challenge. I think it's going to be weird. Not, I don't want to say weird, but it's going to be interesting to see how that course plays for match play with that thick of fescue. It's going to be interesting what they do with that fescue over there. But it, it did have a very, very linksy feel to it, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of wondering the same thing, whether they would keep the fescue that thick and Low prevalent. Key. Or, yeah, or go Aaron Hills on it, maybe. Rom did not seem to be enjoying his time <laughs> no, in the very much. <laughs> we saw him, what was it, yesterday? His struggles on, um, was it 14th hole? I think it was. That he was struggling on. Uh, he had gone like double bogey, double bogey a couple times. Actually saved a par from the fescue, but was very flummoxed for a few minutes on whether he could even get his club on the ball. What did you think of, and a couple of people were chatting on Twitter saying they're surprised and kind of disappointed that more American players didn't go over to play the French Open considering this is the course that the Ryder Cup is going to be at here in a few months. What did you think of that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I think that's a big ask for to have guys go over there for essentially, you know, at the end of the day, essentially an exhibition at the end of the year. Um, I, I just don't think it fits in well to a lot of guys schedules over the next couple weeks you're saying the Ryder cup is an exhibition the Ryder cup is an exhibition yeah yeah um you know guys going over for the scottish in a couple weeks it's either you're going over and coming back or you're going over for essentially like a four weeks a whole month if you stay for the scottish and then the open championship i i think it was an unrealistic expectation to expect a lot of americans to go over just to play because it's a Ryder cup course yeah is that kind I'm of your you. thinking? Yeah, I'm with you definitely. Considering you'd have to go either French, Irish, Scottish, and the the UK British Open presented by Her Majesty, <laughs> uh, that's too much to ask. And then just to go back and forth at a period of time when a lot of guys are actually trying to catch a couple weeks of rest going into the Open Championship and uh, and things like that. I, if you want to see the golf course, you can head over a couple days as you're adjusting to jet lag. To, uh, you know, jump a flight from. Edinburgh over to Paris and go up and see the course for a day or two if you really want to. And I think a couple of guys are going to do that from what I've heard. So uh, I, I didn't think – I thought it was cool that JT went and played, but, I mean, if I'm, I'm guessing I don't have any inside info, and I'm guessing he got rewarded handsomely to go play in that event uh, um, in some way. So it's, it's, not a, it's not a non-topic for me, if you ask me. Well, and I – maybe you might know this question. I, I'm kind of asking a question I don't know the answer to. Like how many potential – 
um, European rider guys yep. were even in the field. A lot. A lot okay. missed, I'm saying. I mean, oh, Stenson a lot missed wasn't cut. there. Okay. Rose oh, wasn't there. The it didn't go. And, and, and we're not in the event. And I mean, I'm, the, I'm imagining those guys have played the course before and whatnot. But sure. conditions are going to be different in the fall. And it's it's guys have three days, four days to practice out there before the event. I'm not... I'm not uh, putting much stock in that. And the style of play is going to be totally different. Stroke play versus match play. This stroke play event, guys are, you know, you got to protect against hitting it in all this trouble, whereas in match play, guys are going to be much more aggressive. So didn't think I was crushed to see what happened with Julian Surrey there on the 18th hole, fellow Jack's native and fellow uh, fellow yeah, customer he, of Haircut Candy. Yeah, we all get our haircut at the same place. And uh, he had a one-shot lead on the 18th hole, double bogeyed it. Everyone kind of melted around, melted down around uh, Alex Noren's <laughs> final round, 67, 68, 400, I think he shot. Um, birdied 16 and 17 when everyone else was falling falling apart there down the stretch. But So you had a pretty good tweet about that. I think yeah, you took it well. It, it felt personal I, I think, on know, the Ryder Cup course. Well, it's a year-long crusade he's got against me. It's a revenge tour. I'm going to feel the, the pain. And actually, you know what? I feel like it's finally died down. Like, well, I think you started to kind of own it, lean into it a little bit. That's, that's usually when it kind of the, the moment you, you stop fighting it is when people you know when yeah. it kind of lets up never ever ever said the guy couldn't play and <laughs> <laughs> despite the 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 way it's been twisted we're not going to go down that route anymore that that one's that we're putting that behind us uh i was rooting for the 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 big homie chris wood who looks like he's been in the weight room by the way uh he had a good chance at it shot two over today and missed uh missed out on a playoff by one shot but well, chris wood was kind of he's been team slender man are you saying has he lifted himself out of that exclusive club? It certainly looked like it. I mean, I, I sent him a message asking him, uh, you know, if he'd been on Swole Patrol, and he said hey, he just snuck into Jay Day's fitting shirt. So, oh, um, okay. so that's right. yeah, a little, little inside info for you there. Um, moving on to PGA Tour, we didn't get to see almost any of this this weekend, unfortunately. Big homie ZB, God, we. I'm I think we were glad we didn't get to see much of it today. Yeah, we were pulling too hard for him. I think that's it what would happened. have hurt. Yeah, I think we just we all wanted it a little too much. Um, Final round seventy nine, unfortunately. Seventy seven. Seven. What's the par out I there? I think it was par seventy. Well, par seventy. He yeah, shot. Yeah. He shot. Uh, he shot seven over today, unfortunately. But uh, Francesca Molinari ran away with that one. Kind of took the drama out of that one, which was kind of a bit of a relief from our end, considering we weren't able to watch it. Tiger T four. Kind of a quiet little T4, if you ask me. I know the field was much weaker this week, but put the mallet putter in play and uh, was seventh in strokes gained putting this week using a brand-new putter. So if you got the putting fi- figured out, that's that's what held him back at the Memorial. It's what held him, obviously, back at the U.S. Open and, and in recent weeks. So that's that's at least an, uh, something intriguing to watch here in the coming weeks. But So I, I this isn't a new or original take, but I, I think it's – it's worthwhile just to remind myself every week or couple weeks is what tiger is doing is absolutely incredible correct i i honest to god thought he would retire from the game and that he's even competing is somewhat of a miracle and that he's like he finished in the top five of a pga tour event this week and it was kind of ho-hum i feel like it should still be like front page news um it's just it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I, I'm appreciating how used to it we've already gotten, you know. And it's, but it's, it is kind of. Um, and I've tried to add perspective on it back when it happened. Just all that he's been through in the recovery process, and how so much of this could not have happened, and 
you know, you you and I have both had kind of some back issues here in the last three four months that <laughs> yeah. are so incredibly minor compared to what he's gone through, and we were both just really struggling with it and kind of puts into perspective for how much he's gone through to get back out there and playing. So, so yeah, it is amazing that we kind of brushed by it now, but, uh, you know, I think the next we, we've seen top fives from him since he's been back. And so we're kind of waiting for the next shoe to drop, which is a victory. So we're, we kind of tend to be unimpressed with a top five when we should be, we still should be like, uh, it, it, we should be impressed that he's able to, to play correct i think that one picture that was floating around the webs this week of uh him walking to one of the tees and just the crowd that was following him behind yeah. him it was uh i mean yeah it's unsurprising but i mean battle the, all the fans that are out there battling that heat following him i mean we had it here in chicago too that was not the the weather you want to be attending a golf tournament in no, it's kind of brutal. You just pray for lots of shade. We got out of Jack's. We tried to get out of Jack's to you know during the summer to try to get some cool Midwest air. But yeah, we came in the wrong week in Chicago. It was ninety five heat index heat index of like one twelve at one point this week in Chicago. So yeah. Um, how about um, quickly? Uh, how about Bo Hostler? He came to play twenty six now in the FedEx Cup rank. Is he really? He um. When he finished T six this T6 week. T six this week. How about shout out as well to Stephen Yeager, little podcast bump T13 uh, in his first PGA Tour event since coming on the podcast. So, I mean, we can try to act surprised, but we're not. Um, DJ Defunk. What did he finish? He finished uh, tied for 17th. Wow. A lot of things happening. What do you think of the open qualifying series? So it basically. Well, why don't you explain it for the listeners? Well, I think, oh, I hope I don't screw it up, but essentially the top four players that are not automatically all not already qualified for the open championship that finish in the top 12 get an exemption into the open championship so um i I don't i didn't see exactly who that went to on the pga tour but um zb was in in the running for that one and we were definitely pulling for that one but do you like kind of that that mode of qualifying for the open better than say like a qualify an actual sectional qualifier um Gosh, I, I think yes and no. On the one hand, I really enjoy the idea of local and sectional U.S. Open qualifying mm-hmm. just because it keeps alive that fairy tale, um, you know, Cinderella story. Literally anybody could go out and win the U.S. Open uh, because of those stages of qualifying. And I guess theoretically you could too, like through years of you know that's getting like, status and tour starts uh, the other way. But it's like if you want the best field possible, I feel like the, the Open Championship qualifying might deliver a stronger field. Uh, yeah, if, I, I guess all things being equal, if you ask me kind of which I prefer, I, I think I actually kind of like the way the USGA does it. Hmm. How about you? I like it. I think it adds an extra level of intrigue. I think uh, anything that kind of supports the kind of, I don't want to say fringe guys, but the guys that kind of live in that purgatory, this is kind of their their heavy hit part of the season. Um, all these guys getting, the guys that are outside the top 125 from the previous year and kind of have semi-status on the tour, they can pretty much get in all the events they want in this stretch. And if you have a big week, it can change around your whole career and season by, you know, you get in the Open Championship and, and whatnot, so I I do I, I do like that intrigue added to this event because otherwise this kind of little stretch is not the most intriguing on a week to week basis, but sure. gives you one extra thing to follow as the week well, go, weeks un- go long until the deer gets here. Correct. Yeah, we have back to back major season. Yeah. So, 
Uh, on that note, we actually were out here in Chicago. It was probably clear on Twitter this well, week. Well, let me, let me, sorry, let me jump in. Sorry to kind I of get ruin excited. a little. No, um, I get excited. But there was one other event that we kind of were able to catch the tail end of each night, which was the U.S. Uh, Senior Open. Correct. And I think I saw holes 13 through 18 like three times, but I didn't <laughs> see any of the other holes just because, you know, when we were out at the the women's PGA, um, but it was a sneaky good leaderboard. It was. Uh, I said that last night, and you know, big ups to David Tom. Some clutch putts down the stretch. It's interesting to kind of watch that in comparison to just the men's U.S. Open, and that we're kind of able to enjoy it a bit more. You know, it's less hectic, and you're less engaged from a, like a critical standpoint, and just kind of to take it in and kind of. And I commented today just how. Those microphones, like that last putt that David Tom's had to win, I caught him catching, making a huge deep breath right before he hit like that four foot putt to win the tournament. Yeah. I just think that's so cool. Like from an audio perspective, to kind of go and watch the, the golf we saw this week, and then flip on the TV and hear conversations, hear Jerry or Paul Goido say, just never felt comfortable over a putt all day, and, uh, and all that perspective. I think it's I think it's cool that Fox gives the 100 percent treatment to to these events, all the events that they do, not just the Men's U.S. Open, which is the most watched. I do too, and I am really hoping to be able to watch some of the U.S. Uh, senior Women's Open. Oh yeah, from Chicago Golf Club here in what a couple weeks? It is in two weeks, I believe. So yeah, that is going to pop on TV, from what I gather. So yeah, um, that's exciting. So. Oh, All right, sorry. So as you no, were saying, we're yeah, we spent this week here in Chicago at the uh, KPMG Women's PGA Championship. It was my first LPGA event, uh, let alone the first major, and had had heard good things. I know you guys had been out to the Kia Classic earlier this year. Kind of just raved about the overall atmosphere. Uh, it's just a different. It's just different out here. It's just it different. Yeah, what, what were you we're hoping? To, what were you hoping to get out of this week coming into it? Well, a few things. Anytime I go to a golf tournament, you know what I like to do personally is I like to walk the whole course. So I hate just like being posted up at one spot and watching multiple groups come through. I, I don't like to watch golf that way. So I wanted to get out and walk, and at least early in the week, Thursday, Friday, my goal is to always, you know, essentially get a pairing sheet and look for groups that all three players ideally i'm like who are you totally unfamiliar with <laughs> yeah and then do just a quick little cursory research and you know i'll, I'll kind of single it down to two three groups do a little bit of research where are they from you know quick backstory pick a group and then go out and walk at least nine holes with them so usually i'll you know walk nine holes if it's really interesting, I'll, I'll do the whole round. But, you know, after nine, I might jump to another group that I was kind of thinking of. And it's just a great way to, one, there's like no crowds with these groups. So you're, you're never like fighting a lot of bodies. Uh, two, because there's no crowds and because of, you know, usually the, the I mean, how do I say this? Kind of the, the stature of the players, right? They're, they're not the. Yeah. They're not gathering the biggest no, crowd. And, and, yeah. and so. I don't know. It's just more prone to kind of some funny random observation, interactions. random interactions. Just, you know, some weird stuff can happen, and, and usually, you know, you're witness to it. And, and so you I, were. And so, yeah, I saw a little bit of that. Um, so those are my big goals early in the week. And then later in the week, you know, what I wanted to, to do was really get a firsthand look at some of the – 
you know, tournament leaders and ideally, you know, top five, top ten, you know, the really prominent players up close. Just because I find it fascinating that they essentially, you know, they're hmm. <laughs> orders of magnitude obviously better than I am, but they're essentially playing the same game I am. The the yardages are pretty similar. They're they're attacking a golf course in much the same way I would have to um, if I were playing, and we were able to see that. And so it was kind of mission accomplished on all fronts for me. I had a blast. It was hot as hell, but. You know, we managed and and made the best of it. There is, and I, I know we, we're not the first to say this, but yeah, like you said, you, there's so much more you can learn from watching these women play than you would learn from watching a PGA Tour player play from 75 to 100 yards further back, bombing driver at distance we can't hit. Whereas to see how they manage their way around fairway bunkers and how they plot themselves towards towards pins and stuff like that and how it how they make it look easy with their swing speed and oh, to, yeah. but we got to see i mean sung young park swings a I mean, golf get, club yeah yeah don't get me wrong like some of them like f- freaking lash at the ball right yeah it's probably you know it's just like the pga there's there's different levels you know, of there's distance. different swings and different rhythms and tempos but it seems like the women there's more there's more women with just such good rhythm in their swings i i don't know maybe it just doesn't demand their their game doesn't demand you know that you hit a nine iron from 175 yards sometimes and just not everyone's trying to max out distance with their irons and a lot of them carry a lot of hybrids and use those to approach par fours like it's nothing and are able to stop them on a dime and but man i think we we both kind of were were heavily drawn into so you can use golf swing in her whole aura (laughs) and like i kind of caught that early earlier on in the week and i was heartbroken to see uh her double bogey the 17th hole to essentially cost herself the championship she had some strong play coming in and birdied the first playoff hole to extend it to a second hole but that was kind of the the first impression i got was that the person i felt like i could have learned the most from and how they manage their game and just how efficient and tidy everything was and i don't i don't i that was that was the, my biggest takeaway was just being so impressed with her attitude her demeanor and everything that, that went along with following her for several days yeah she had an incredible disposition i mean i don't think i ever saw her show any type of anger or she never gave the appearance of being upset about anything and granted she played you know <laughs> yeah take away like two holes today she she essentially played 70 Flawless really holes. good holes of golf i was just so like she's just never out of position and and i and like not only not out of position but it's like dead center of the fairway or you know right center attacking a a left-hand pin or she's just always in the right spot and then her approaches into the green like so many times you know she she's not hitting it so high and and stopping it on a dime like she's she's dragging it yeah yeah bullets yeah she's landing it you know 25 30 feet away from the pin with some release and it's you know ending up 10 12 feet and then she makes a putt it's just a it was just really impressive display and i think you know i i get and some people were making comments i know that there was three eight there were three asian players in the playoff this time around and i know that um kind of want to be we want to be cautious how we how we discuss this (laughs) we don't want to put our foot in our mouth right but 
a way of saying it is the interest for the game is obviously much higher if the, if Lexi Thompson is going to be in the playoff and and some of the top American stars Michelle Wee and whatnot. But just in the and listen, we're not going to try to act like we're experts on the LPGA Tour or women's golf. Well, after no, one I think week. <laughs> right. I think I think from uh, like let's be real. It's like from our perspective. Like you know, what is our perspective? We are casual at best. I think is fair to say LPGA fans to this point yep. like i i know i'll be more of an lpj fan after this week but coming into this week it's like casual at best um you know tune into weekend coverage of the majors maybe you know a couple odd rounds uh throughout the year in addition to that and so i think one being casual fans of the women's game and two being like american males we're naturally going to be drawn to the players whose backstory we uh, have been exposed to. Correct. And I think a lot of times, you know, the players from Korea um, and elsewhere in and around Asia, you just don't have an understanding of backstory. Uh, You don't have a good feel of personality sometimes. And that's, you know that's not their fault that that's probably our fault a little bit for not being more in touch but i think the the reality is i'm sure there are a lot of people tuning in you know for instance today that are in the same shoes as we are and maybe kind of i don't want to say put off i don't think that's the right word but maybe not as drawn into the coverage um seeing you know Nasa Hotoka was Japanese and then two South Korean players. Correct. Um, yeah, no, and it's... it's. But I think where you're going with this, let's... Yeah, yeah go it's, ahead. it's in the few, you know, since going to the Key Classic, am I much more... I've, I've been refreshing the LPGA leaderboard way more often and kind of getting to know some of the people and following them on a week-to-week basis, and I find myself equally as drawn in by some of the top Asian players as I am with the American players, especially two of the names that ended up in the playoff were people that I wanted to follow in the, in the week, in the, in Thursday and Friday, just because I was drawn in by their swings and their stories. I mean, I mean, so you, so you and you, I, I'll be honest, I going into this week, I didn't know if she spoke English even or not. And she was at the player showcase thing on Wednesday and she was just this bubbly personality and was entertaining everybody and had a smile on her face the whole time. And I was just kind of drawn into her whole, Oh, I got, got sound like I'm about to risk it all for her. That's not my. It's not what I mean. It was just like I. This is like an intriguing person to me, and the way she handled, the way she handled her post. She's just magnetic. Yeah, yeah. Her, She's got a magnetic personality. Handled everything with such class, and had a smile on her face, and was signing autographs after you know essentially losing the championship. And I don't know, kind of just getting to see firsthand the. I don't know. I don't want to call it the struggle, but the people. She's a two-time major winner, and see her fighting for a third and going through the nerves of it was just. I felt so much, obviously, so much closer to the situation, and and more likely to tune in next time she's near the top of the leaderboard. I, I totally agree, and just kind of while you're talking, I I think a couple points come to my mind. You know, I think that the, the takeaway for me, one of the big takeaways for me, is having spent, uh, you know, just four days at the tournament, is like now I have an appreciation like i know uh so young you is this magnetic personality and outgoing and and just bubbly and i know you know sung sung hung park is like this silent assassin and and 
you know, very shy, but like stoic. And and part um, of that is explained by she doesn't speak the language. And she doesn't. Well. Yes, yeah, she's new to the country. Right, she's right. new to the LPGA tour. But, but what I'm saying is, it's like I leave with like a feel for like who these people are. So I think you know, honestly, like our job, and and hopefully this podcast is part of that. You know, I think I think our job when we go to cover LPJ events is to bring those personalities and to let our audience know who might not be as familiar with it, you know, show them that personality. So the next time they do flip on, um, you know, final round coverage in an LPJ event, they'll have a much better appreciation and they'll be more drawn to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just uh, <laughs> like when you said it's just different out there, it really is. I mean, it's, it's fun. I mean, we, we were supposed to do a podcast with Angel Yin and uh, Lizette Salas. Lizette ended up big timing us and ended up not coming by the. Uh, <laughs> the not practi- quite. Yeah, uh, it, it was, was rain. Confusion. The practice round got pushed back. Yeah, we'll, we'll give her a pass, I think. Anyways, we end up talking to Angel for a little while. And Angel is like a 19 year old. Uh, she's a, she's American. She's of Asian. She's of Chinese descent, but American girl that is just awesome, hilarious to talk to. And uh, her caddy, she's like, my caddy told me to ask you about your towels. She said you guys have towels. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a towel. So I gave uh, I gave her caddy a towel, and uh, he I saw him during the round today, and he's like, "Do you wouldn't believe it? Somebody yanked my the towel off my bag already." <laughs> and Angel had just made birdie in the final round of the tournament, and comes running up. She's like, "Hey, sorry, I ignored you and yesterday." She's like T five probably yeah. at this point. Sorry, I didn't mean to walk right by you when you gave Chris the towel. And I was like, D- "You were signing your card, like it's fine." <laughs> but they're just so happy to have people yeah. out there covering the game, and and and, and super imp- like we got to do how many podcasts this week during a major that never happens right. in the men's game, and they're just gracious and outgoing and i was gonna say you know telling that story about angel it's like you want to talk about like an electric personality yeah it's like holy smokes like she will light up a room um and then that again it's just you gotta spend time and so you know i know i was guilty of i haven't spent the time but i think this is a good first step into kind of learning about these players uh getting to know them and like i said i will be much more of a fan and and much more kind of knowledgeable uh, going forward, which is exciting. And we've talked about, you know, we said this was an initiative for us this year to get out to more women's events to cover the women's game cl- tighter. It's It's been it's a bandwidth issue. We, if we could do it every week, we would, yeah, you know. Right, I mean, right. and just, just being out there this week and missing out on all the other golf that was going on around the world was quite challenging. But got to cover a women's major. Super excited to do that. Very glad we did. Um, and it was, it was a success. I know it's July 4th weekend, and maybe people aren't as tuned in to – be able to watch as much golf as we wanted to this weekend, but it was a blast. And we had uh, had a chance to interview the Corda sisters, which shout out to Jessica. She finished tied for fourth. I think Nellie ended up in a tie for 40th. Um, and we also got to interview Lydia Coe last week. She ended up tied for 31st. She got up there near the top, but just didn't couldn't quite hang. I but. think I said to you early Saturday in her round, I think she had just birdied number one or number two. And I was like, Lydia's going to win this. Yeah. And she absolutely flagged her um, tee shot, par three, third. And it just went long. It was this back pin. And it's like, you just can't go long as dead. Uh, she ended up making bogey. And I feel like that kind of took all the wind out of her sails. Yeah. Um, got to play with Michelle Wee uh, during the Pro-Am, which was phenomenal. I think we talked about a bit about that on the last podcast with Karen Stupples, but uh, she was great. We're going to have a lot of video stuff coming up hopefully this week um, and uh, breaking that down a little bit. 
Uh, special thanks to all the KPMG folks and everyone from CAA and from the LPGA media that just helped us with every single step along the way. This was a blast to cover. Hopefully that shines through in the content and in the podcasts and whatnot. Anything else before we turn it over to the Corda sisters? No, I, th- I think that <laughs> – sorry to kind of leave you on a, on a dull note, but I think that's that's about it for me. I All can't... right, that is yeah. it. Um, signing off here from Chicago, we're going to roll over to our interview. We've recorded this, obviously, on Wednesday before the tournament started, uh, so I know that it's not the most timely, but it's as timely as we could, uh, talking to Jessica and Nellie Corda uh, about their relationship, their careers, and everything to date for them. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's more evergreen stuff. We, we didn't really get deep into the no. the the women's PGA per se. You know, Jessica's story about her injury and recovery I think is pretty fascinating. And, you know, we tried to do a little digging into kind of the sister dynamic and, you know, they come from a, obviously a sporting family. So I, I think it's good stuff in there. Yep, definitely. So, all right, signing off here from Chicago. Uh, everybody have a good July 4th and uh, might be a bit of a break on the podcast after this. We're going to be doing a bit of traveling. Not quite ready to fully reveal that yet, but uh, we've been we've been pounding out the pods. I don't feel bad about that at all. <laughs> so uh, without further ado, here are uh, Jessica and Nellie Corda. But real quick, until we do turn it over, we want to remind you guys that the best in the world do choose Odyssey. They are dominating the putter count at majors this year. By my count, this is, yes, I tallied this personally. There have been 434 Odyssey putters in play at the majors so far this year versus 251 for the nearest competitor. That makes them the number one putter in golf. Check out odysseygolf.com for details on the newly released Exo putters. They feature maximum forgiveness created by an advanced multi-material construction and all-new white-hot micro-hinge insert for a a pure roll. Tron has been gaming the XO Indie for a while now and claims to have revolutionized his game on the putting green. And I wouldn't say revolutionized, but it has definitely worked for him pretty well. XO putters come in the Rossi 7 and Indianapolis shapes and are available today in stores or at odysseygolf.com. Now, for real, let's turn it over to the Corda Sisters. All right, welcoming in uh, the Corda Sisters, Jessica and Nellie. We're going to do the best we can to kind of distinguish the two voices here, the best <laughs> we can. But all right, so first off, Jessica, do you get do you guys get tired of doing me having to do media together? Uh, well, that Nellie? was a, that was a long enough hesitation. Uh, there was a glance uh, exchange. Nellie, <laughs> maybe we'll direct that at Nellie since you since that's somewhat new since you've been out. You know, come mind? on, why are you giving me that face? No, so I really actually don't it's kind of it's it's just weird. It's you know when one of us plays well and the other one doesn't play well. The media comes and asks you about the other person, sure. and you're just like, come on, like let me be, um, which has happened a couple of times. Um, but for the most part, we have a lot of fun with it just because we have so many stories and I feel like the deeper we get into a conversation, like the nuttier it gets. And so, I mean, especially just Nellie and I hanging out, it's, it's outrageous sometimes. What was it like growing up as you guys, as kids? I mean, I met, there's five years gap between you guys. Was, was there ever a time where you guys were close to around the same level as kids or Uh... did this, she just caught up to you at what age did she kind of catch start catching up to you <laughs> last year I last year, just yeah. last yeah. year um no because i mean she was uh, she's five years older and um i'm shocked you didn't put the half in there yeah five and a half if anyone wants <laughs> to distinguish really know that. <laughs> yeah. make sure that everyone knows Very important. yeah um and you know she was already on tour when i was 12 
So I didn't. Re- we didn't really grow up that much together. She was playing a lot of tournaments. Time. Yeah. Well, you say that, but you're what, 24, 25? Yeah. Now, yeah. It's, it's. It. I mean, you guys do start your careers so young. It does it definitely feels like you've been out for a while. But Nelly, did you? Was it always golf for you? Kinda. Did you always know you wanted to play golf as well? Yeah. I mean, you know, having an older sibling, just in general. I mean, you always want to do what they're doing so all the time (laughs) and Jess is getting really annoyed you know when she was a teenager you know going through teenage emotions (laughs) I'm kidding excuse me everywhere I went I had to take you with me there was no like oh I'm going with my friends but I want to go too and my mom was like well if you want to go you have to take your sister with you and I'm just like come on (laughs) I mean seeing her play golf I really wanted to play as well um but um my dad was really into golf and just in general, we spent a lot of weekends at the golf course, so that's really how I got into it. And obviously, I looked up to Jess and still do. So, no, you willing to admit that? And you know, I just always want to kind of follow in her path. I remember I, I have a sibling about the same, a younger than me, that's about the same gap as you guys. And as kids, we did not get along at all. And then as adults, we grew close together. At, was there a period, ever a period of time where you guys didn't get along, or do you? Is that still current? No, so, we, <laughs> we've always had like a really good relationship. I mean, she was really annoyed. Jess was really annoyed when um, she had to take me everywhere. Yeah. No, so this was the biggest thing is like Nellie would be like the biggest tattletale ever. Not and true. Then, and then, I mean, to a certain age, you have no, to no, say no. That. But that's what I'm saying. And then our brother started doing it to her, and so she realized how annoying it was. How old's your brother? He's uh, two years younger two, than me. Okay. Two years younger than seven years younger seven than Seven and a myself. half. <laughs> and myself. We got our first eye roll. Composed. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, so when he started kind of doing these things that she was doing to me, he was getting, she was getting so annoyed by it. And so her and I would start ganging up on him. And so that, you know, we grew closer Bonding with that. And then um, just on the golf course, you know, being her short game's always been so great. And, um, I, she's, you know, we'd always try to compete as much as we could with each other. Um, but it was never the same. I mean, you, at a young age with the five-year gap, that is a lot. And, um, it, it's gotten really fun for me to see how she kind of grows up with the game and, um, just how, you know, the woman that she's shaping into, which is crazy because you're turning 20 this year and I might Prize. cry. <laughs> <laughs> Do, Nelly, do you, are, are you guys, or I guess both of you guys, do you scoreboard watch and see how the other one's doing in the middle? Yes. You yeah, think definitely. about it during yes. the middle of a round? Yeah. Wow. I think it kind of like motivates us too because, you know, you see her up there and you're like, mm. I gotta, I'll say, is it very competitive between She's you two? She's so still? mean. She sees me inside the top 10. Still, like, I'm so bitter about it. It did happen last year. But <laughs> Nelly sees me inside the top 10 and she's on 18 and needs to make a birdie to kick me out. And she's like, I'm going to make this. <laughs> and then the, I didn't even send her, like, great job and, like, good playing. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, that's all I get out of like, Thanks for taking away my top ten. <laughs> well, I, I had read that. Um, I think maybe it was after your first cut. I, I don't know exactly uh, the the situation, but you had said sometimes you, you feel like you're almost more happy in Jessica. You're almost more happy in, in Nelly's results sometimes than than maybe Nelly is. 
I was just curious, you know, how long that will remain the case now that you're, you know, more on equal footing and a little bit more competitive. That was definitely the case for the first tournament. And then it was like, okay, I want to beat you because we have, we had a bet or we still do. I think it's every year, right, Jess? But sure, let's go. Year long bet. Whoever I like wins, <laughs> the loser has to buy her a bag of her choice. So oh, last sweet. year, obviously, I had to buy Jess a bag of her choice. <laughs> Except for Nellie decided to merge it into my Christmas okay. present. So when, I when, you have, when you have have Jessica Corda picking out a designer bag you obviously have to I merge it, it into a so Christmas present because it you. is not cheap oh my god you are full of it right now <laughs> <laughs> could have been a lot more expensive um so I want to hear uh, talk about your brother too because he's also an athlete he plays tennis correct so yes. what, what is his current stature in the game um amazing uh-huh. is he still an amateur well, yes yeah, so okay. he's six foot five He's tall, very lanky, working his butt off right now. Um, Dad and um, Sebi flew to uh, London yesterday, two days ago, ago. Um, and he's getting ready for uh, Wimbledon. So he just came off. Junior Wimbledon. Junior Wimbledon. (laughs) He just came off of, um, he lost in the semis of junior French, which was, you know, good. And obviously the win in in the Australian Open was, was pretty special. How do your parents keep up with trying to watch you guys play and watch your bro- watch your brother well, play? Mommy's usually with me. <laughs> no, I like, fly mom out, yeah. my mom out usually, and then my brother um, usually has my dad. So okay. Someone's I like always... how you say my brother and my mom, <laughs> as if like I wasn't. <laughs> hey, you moved to the other side of Florida. You're not part of the clan anymore. <laughs> but both of your parents, too, were professional tennis players, right? Yeah. So mom was um, top 25 in the world, and obviously everyone knows uh, my dad. I feel like, I don't know for you this week, Nelly, but I, there's so many people coming up to us, and, or me, and being like, is your dad here? I was such a huge fan of him more than any other event. Uh, um, I mean, I, I just played the golf course for the first time today, so not that's really. That's true. But yeah, I had people stop me today. They were like, oh, I brought pictures of your dad. I would have loved to have him sign it. And I was like. I'll sign something for I was you. Like, yeah. That's Can cool. Like, you just keep walking. <laughs> how, how, how are your tennis games? And Terrible. also, how's your brother's golf game? Oh, my gosh. My brother's golf game is so amazing. His really? swing is so good. He's a lefty in golf. Self-taught. Yeah. Huh. He's insane. But you guys don't really play tennis much oh uh, yeah he took us out a couple of months ago and um let's just say the balls went high and by <laughs> um i think i'm better than you come on you have to say that i see it i think she's better <laughs> <laughs> um nelly's really good at ping pong yeah i i can't say who's better at tennis because we don't we play don't it. play really bad no. uh your parents are both czech too as well right mm-hmm. so I, I i read that you grew up you you would play summers in in the czech republic back mm-hmm. back in the day when did that stop and do you speak czech like what is your kind of your czech background so a uh, little crazy my parents had no idea where they wanted to live um obviously i was born in the states um because communism had just been lifted and so they just in case it came back they didn't want us to grow up the way that they did and I went to school in Czech Republic half the year, and half the year I'd be enrolled in American school. So I would go half days, um, and I would uh, get taken home around 12 o'clock, and then get tutored in the other language and fax over the work back to the other school. And then that's how I, you know, was was in school for till fifth grade. And then they decided that we were going to stay in the states because you know I was playing golf, and they saw potential. I knew that, you know, for me to be able to be the best that I can be, 
you know, the U.S. is definitely the place for us to grow up. Nelly and Sebi yeah, were already around. Weather is better year-round. I mean, weather is better. I mean, we're right next to the ocean. It's yeah, it's, it's tough to beat. It's yeah. so tough to beat. So I actually represented the Czech national team until I was 15. Um, it was really cool. I played um, world amateur when I was 13 in South Africa. Um, I played European teams, European Young Masters. Um, awkward story I said no to being on the junior Ryder Cup for Europe because I qualified thinking I was going to get picked for the states but they thought I was born in Czech Republic not in America so I actually didn't get chosen for so I didn't get to <laughs> so play on each team all. yeah <laughs> I, I missed out on the entire thing um but yeah no I loved playing in in Europe during the summers it was awesome and then the winters we would get off and be a normal kid and a lot of the summers too were mostly spent you know uh, with my cousin, who's five days older than I am, and just being a kid. Do you still speak Czech? Or I speak fluent Czech. Do you really? I do. What I about read, you, Nelly? I read, we all do. You yeah. do, we really. need to communicate with half of our, more than half of our family. You have to. So. I guess that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. um, I noted in, I saw in your, your first win was the Australian Open, which coincided your dad won the Australian Open as well. How does a six-way playoff even <laughs> work? I had no idea. So we all chose tees. They like broke tees and were like, oh, basically, you know, this is how it's going to be. I took the last tee. So I was the last um, last one to hit. And um, they split us up into two groups. Okay. I thought they might. Yeah, no, no, what, yeah, they I split didn't know us up. All six together. They split us up into two groups. And I had never been so nervous in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it was so nerve wracking. But um, I remember Brittany Lenzico coming to me and she was like, you need to breathe. And I was like, I literally almost started crying because I forgot to breathe. And, um, going into the, this was before the playoffs. No, this, this was during. After. So oh, we during. all, everyone, I think only one of them didn't make a par. Um, we all parred and went back to the tee. And then I honestly, I, I'm not 100% sure who it was that three putted. And I saw one more girl three putt that played in front of me. There was a huge jumbotron right there. So I could see what was happening on the green when I was in the fairway. And I was just trying to hit the fairway and hit it somewhere on the green. And then I left myself the same putt twice. And I ended up draining this putt, and I was like, oh, I had like goosebumps everywhere. <laughs> like, I just couldn't believe it. Um, and then I think Julieta was putting and missed, and then Stacy was putting and then missed. And Britt was just standing off on the side with me, and she was like, you need to breathe. You're turning blue. I was like, okay. <laughs> it's funny. Brittany was just in here before you guys came in talking about how nervous she gets on the course. Yeah. So it's yeah. funny that she's able to identify yeah. that. Uh, that for you um so nelly do you guys how do you guys travel together from week to week do you guys stay together on the road does that i'm actually asking them, just traveled <laughs> together and had a nightmare of a travel yes. day <laughs> the oh, okay. worst travel <laughs> but, day i've had um, ever last year we didn't travel at all together because i would get to the um site on sunday because i like i've never played the sure. uh, tournament but this year we also haven't really been traveling. I mean, she spends most of her time on the other side of Florida in West Palm, and I'm in Sarasota. So, um, you know, we usually get to the tournament on the same day, and sometimes we room together. We room together a lot at the at beginning, the beginning of, the of the year, but now kind of we're kind of going our separate ways a little. I mean, when you kind of play practice rounds together and then room together you kind of want to kill each together other after mm-hmm. and have lunch together yeah. that's yeah i was that's exactly what i was asking i was like at what point do you guys separate for the day and not you know our the, friends are really good about it yeah. too yeah. they're like hey if you need a break like i'll you know you guys can room with your <laughs> yeah us, or we just go or we just yeah. go on our, our own that makes sense 
So you had a very eventful winter this past winter. Walk us through kind of what happened with uh, you had surgery this winter and it was a long recovery process. You recovered from it on the on the course very much quicker than you expected. But what was kind of the basis of the surgery you had and what what did they do and how did that work out? So I've been struggling with headaches and migraines for years now. They said that when I was um, when they took my braces off, I had braces on for eight years. Um, to try and fix this problem, and they never could. Um, basically, only my back teeth touched. So your gro- your bottom jaw is supposed to grow down and then kind of forward. Mine just kept growing down, so only my back teeth were touching, and I couldn't, there was no traction in the front at all. So biting into things, I had to go to the side of everything. So a lot of pressure kind of created in the back. Um, when we played U.S. Open um, in 2015, um, we, I went to see a specialist and there was braces that I could have drill. They would drill into the top of my, um, jaw and, you know, try and move things around. Like I cannot have braces. Like that is yeah. one thing that I cannot do is braces right now. So they built me this like puck that I basically had, which Nellie had seen it for the first time, I think last year. And she was like, in you should Texas. be, so, you should be so happy you're in a relationship because you are just wow. <laughs> and I was like, thanks. She literally was laughing for like 15 minutes straight. I was like, I mean, the I was like, it's not that talking. funny. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's like, it's straight up hockey puck. Like it's just, it was not pretty. And, um, so that actually relaxed my jaw so much that it dropped back and I started snoring at night. Yeah. And it also... <laughs> where <laughs> Nellie woke me up in the middle of the night and was like, Jess, you're snoring. And I was like, no, I'm not. I can hear myself. She's like, you can't hear yourself. I like couldn't fall asleep. I was like, I was debating on like throwing a pillow in her face. And I'm <laughs> it like, was, it, it was bad. so bad. So it actually also dropped back and left. So when I was talking or chewing or anything, I had to swing it back to center and then bring it back up, um, which made me work even harder. And um, it just tightened everything up even more. So my, I had terrible migraines. I was had headaches every single day. I wouldn't sleep through the night properly. And I finally had enough in uh, China where I had a migraine that literally cramped up half my face. Uh-huh. I couldn't even like open my eye. I had to pull out the proam, and I literally just went back and slept, and you know tried to get rid of it that way. And the cramp lasted into the next weekend to CME, and I called my parents, and I was like, "I'm doing the surgery. Like, we need to find a surgeon." Called the surgeon, and he was like, "I can fit you in um, December 7th." So you knew what the surgery had to be at that point already. I thought that it was just going to be they're going to break my bottom jaw and just move it forward. I didn't yeah, realize. Just, just that, by the way. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you think about, that? so that actually wouldn't be ter- as bad as what happened was they actually went in through my top lip and broke my top jaw into three. So your palate into three. So I have a ton of screws from like my nostrils down. Um, this which, might be the first time I faint in a place. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 yeah. um, <laughs> and then they made slight, small incisions on the sides of like bottom, where your bottom jaw is. And they kind of like, shaved off side because there's a nerve is running through the bone so they shaved off the side and kind of slid it forward and then put screws in there um and yeah so the recovery was awful as it's been documented over and over again uh lots of blood lots of throwing up mm-hmm. didn't take in a calorie for three weeks i was fed through a syringe couldn't even oh. my they had to break my nose on top of it because they couldn't get the breathing tube up so um Usually it would go down your throat, but they're working in your mouth, so it has to go up your nose. And 
Did, at this point, were you regretting doing this, or did you no. know it was going to be like this? Um, yeah. I didn't know it was going to be this bad. If I would recommend anybody doing it is to have it done in a hospital and be in a hospital. I was outpatient, um, mm. and so my mom had to take care of me. And mind you, we were also in North Carolina, so we were nowhere near Florida. And then I right. had to fly five days later, go home, and I kicked my dad out of his bed because I had to be monitored. And so I slept in bed with mom, and you know, every couple hours she had to change my ice. Um, give me my medication and all this stuff and I had no idea what time it was so all of a sudden at four o'clock in the morning I decided I'm gonna take a shower and my mom got like no sleep I think Nellie took it really well my brother couldn't even walk into the room um he was like terrified of my face I mean Jess didn't even like feel her bottom lip so she was drooling a lot and I would just be eating dinner I'm like Jess you're drooling everywhere (laughs) I'm like sorry (laughs) which I still don't feel I would say 75 percent i still don't have feeling i have nerves that are tingling which is a really good sign um so the nerves are recovering i just had my last couple of scans done and the bones everything looks really good um just the left side isn't growing in as fast as the right side so um and i can't feel most of but my it is teeth. improving so it's improved say the, so the, much the original problem though is, is oh better. totally okay. gone um now i just have because also I'm doing Invisalign because when you do this type of surgery, your teeth shift. And so um, I also am in Invisalign and moving my teeth, which is putting a lot of pressure just on like my jaw, um, just the muscles. Um, so it's kind of struggling with something a little different, but yeah. that'll go away once I'm done with my treatment on Tuesday. <laughs> so she emerged from this and she Jessica looked totally different. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, what was that like to see you have your sister... Like just basically look at come out and look different. I know you had said Jessica well, that you look in I the mirror. I look like Shrek, and you don't. Yeah. But even like you looked in the mirror and didn't recognize yourself. I mean, it's what's that like? <laughs> it took some time to adjust, and when the swelling went down, I mean, she looks really good now. But Thanks, uh, when the <laughs> when the swelling was still there, it was a little scary. As she said, my brother was like, "Oh my God, what?" <laughs> he like wouldn't, he wouldn't come near me. And then it wasn't that bad. I mean, come on, don't he, react. But he, he was he was shocked. I mean, me. I mean, seeing someone for what seventeen years yeah. looked the same, and then one day, like she comes home and she's like, looks like a balloon. She's so <laughs> swollen, and then looks completely different. You're just like, uh. <laughs> and then when you came back on tour people you would walk by people and they may not recognize you that was tough i uh i think the first like two days in uh in thailand were tough like the first it was tough because none of my friends were there because like nelly and austin and uh allison they were just all coming from australia so people that have seen me on facetime like i had nobody there and so ever like people were staring which i knew i was prepared for kind of um but it was tough it's you go and the the surgeon told me you'll go through depression you'll go through you know why did I do this um I'm I'm happy I did it it was definitely really really tough it kind of taught me a lot too um people stare people really really stare um if I ended up being as swollen as I was I would probably have a harder time walking outside were you still really swollen when you went to Thailand I was still pretty swollen you look at pictures compared like from then to now it's 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 still a pretty big difference um, and I wasn't eating a whole lot. Like on a golf course, what do you eat? Yeah. I mean, you can't really take too many liquids with you. So I was, Jeez. I was sucking on um, goldfish because that was the easiest thing for me to eat. Because anything chewy was not 
and then I mean you just went out and won that's I <laughs> black out no idea what happened that's what it's just such an amazing story and I know you've told it many times you're probably tired of dwelling on it but that it ends with you winning that tournament is just that's what I find the most remarkable it's amazing that so, was cool congratulations. it was definitely that's really so cool, cool. <laughs> thank you um, I, I feel like this is like majorly shifting gears. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I, I, I'm curious if, if you guys kind of as sisters, you know, I think the most natural prominent set of sisters in athletics is probably the Williams sisters. I don't know if you guys look at people like that as any kind of inspiration or, or how they've done things both on and off the court or if it's, I don't think we like look at like the sister dynamic of like the Williams sisters. I think we just look at them as like individuals or or any athlete mm-hmm. really individually. I don't think it's more of like it's like a sister duo kind of thing. It's more of just like for, who knows what how they are off the court. Um, I mean, I know obviously they say that they're very supportive of each other, and that's kind of what we are too. Yeah. Um, where Nellie and I. I know how to deal with her. She knows how to deal with me. We also know how to push each other's buttons if yeah. we really want to. <laughs> but at the same time, like, if she ever needed me f- to do anything, I will drop everything that I'm doing and go help her. And she's exactly the same way. And, you know, being out on tour, it's such a lonely place. And to have a sister that you may or may not be getting along with at the time is yeah. <laughs> really nice. Well, Nelly, you were so close in Singapore. And I rem- the image I remember is yeah. you walking off that final green and Jessica was right there. Like, Do you remember that? Do you remember, like, did you need the comforting at that oh, time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of like, there she was, was really a lot happy. of emotions because, I mean, it was, a, it was a long day. And, you know, being so close to the lead, kind of having in then. You know, I was on AT&T, and I was actually over the ball, and I hear the massive roar from Michelle. And, you know, I do – I I mean, I hit a really good shot into 18, and obviously it kind of – The best shot I've seen all day. That was <laughs> such a tough pin. I was like, if that doesn't show some stuff <laughs> – Don't know how to say this in another way. You can say it however you want to say it. <laughs> Ballsiness. We got, Ballsiness. We got the explicit rating. You can say whatever you um, want. Yeah, no, she just – it was one of the most incredible shots and even though she didn't make the putt that shot into the green it showed she's not afraid of the situation i would say 99.9 percent of people would be going left and she was like nope see ya like i'm gonna try to make it from the fairway yeah you didn't didn't push it a bit towards that Uh, (laughs) no i was going straight at it because i knew I i had to do something but i think just like the emotions and everything, I started, you know, yeah. kind of like let loose a little. <laughs> but I'm, I was glad she was there. You know, she talked some sense into me because sometimes when like that happens, you, um, you kind of don't see like yeah. clearly. But I remember watching that. That was like a really, really fun tournament to watch. Yeah. There's so many like people that we root for in contention and whatnot. And it was yeah, so it was cool a really there. good tournament. And I no mean, one lost it too. That's no. the that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Is, um, yeah, so everyone was fighting their butts off. So. I mean, you have a, a mentor, obviously, and your sister. But I'm curious, Nelly, are there any other people out on tour that have been kind of a, a some sort of mentor to you as you've come up uh, as a youngster on tour? Not really. I mean, I have a lot of close friends. I mean, I've yeah. kind of Jess's group has kind of adopted me too. How? <laughs> because oh, Nelly's hanging out with my friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I also, I also have, you have to take a Nelly couple with you. of good friends out here, and you know, Jess has been on tour since she's been seventeen. So I've kind of been going like whatever she's kind of learned. She comes back home, sure. and like we talk about it because you know it's always something I've wanted to do. I mean, ever since I qualified for the Open. Um, 
at 14 it's kind of really something that i was aiming towards anything you find especially different than what you were expecting after now having some experience out here um no not really i mean i played on symmetra for a year right um and that was really hard um but i do think everyone should go through that because then they appreciate everything so much more like being out here and you know traveling and all the fans and playing these awesome golf courses hospitality um it gave me a lot of perspective because the longer you are somewhere you know you start nitpicking yeah and i'm just Um, like jessica you should experience like what i've experienced yeah i mean not saying that it's bad it's just you appreciate the lpj so much more because just going through that experience i mean you go to towns like no one's there and it's just like there's one hotel and then there's one restaurant and you're eating at this restaurant seven days straight (laughs) and you're just like i can't wait to go home like some events i was like i don't i didn't even mind if i missed the cut because i was like i just want to go home like (laughs) it teaches you to to travel each week and all that stuff she's been out literally since i qualified for my first u.s open when i was 15 in 2008 and she was there so literally since then, like Nellie's been in every single locker room, like wherever I could sneak her in, I would and been traveling to tournaments. She came one year. She did like one or two weeks with me out on the road. She got. Oh, I went to New York for what was it? Wegmans. Yeah. Back then it was Wegmans. So, you know, she was she kind of got to experience she it without experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So kind of already like new. Yeah. Do you on tour right now? Do you think. Do you think people see you as Nellie Corda, Jessica's sister? And is there any kind of motivation to, you know, extra motivation to really make a name for yourself um, aside from that? I feel like I'm always going to be, I mean, Jess is always going to be Peter Corda's um, daughter. Always. Yeah, I mean, same, but I'm more of like Jessica Corda's little sister. So I'm always going to have that kind of like title next to my name, but um, I think I'm kind of forming a name of myself. I mean, the finishes that I've had in the past year and a half help, but, um, you know, I've obviously it is motivation to keep trying to make a name for myself and um, get people to know, like, me as Nellie Corda. <laughs> sure. You. Jessica, you are, uh, I guess, somewhat infamous for having fired a caddy mid-round and putting your boyfriend on the bag, and that's the face <laughs> of somebody who's been asked about this many times. I have to know, the, I don't know the story. What does a caddy have to do to get fired mid-round? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, caddying is not that difficult. Um, you know, it's just, a lot of it is personality. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certain things that I I expect, every player out here expects, and um, same in a job. There's only so many times a boss can tell you, you know, you, we need to do this differently. Um, and there's only so many chances that you get. And um, you have to take note that at majors, at majors everyone everyone's, starts stressing. It's high strung. Yeah. I had a lot on the line that week. It wasn't just a major. Um, I had Solheim points on the line. It was the first time that I, you know, was could make the team. And they doubled the points at majors. And so, and I was inside all of that. I had a lot of going on. And I needed somebody to be there for me, and um, at the time, it just it wasn't going that way. And I had multiple talks with my team that if it isn't the way that it needs to be, then we need to make a switch mid round. Mind you, three other girls had caddy, had caddy firings that week, but nobody's was as, as you know publicized, publicized as yeah. mine was. 
Um, but the caddy is, you know, we're still friends. Um, I, I ask about his kids all the time. We get paired together all the time. Um, he caddied for uh, one of my best friends, and so we played a ton of practice rounds. There's no hard feelings. This is something that happens out here um, all the time. Um, it's just super unfortunate that people were so interested in it, and they weren't even interested in, like, who was winning the tournament. I'm pretty right. sure I got asked to go on a couple of um, – you know, uh, news stations the next morning in New York City to talk about it. And I'm like, seriously, like, it's not that big a deal. That's, that's kind of why I asked. You know, we, there's, we, we talked with Lydia Ko, too, about the, her highly publicized caddy changes. And Danielle, too, has it's, had a lot. Yeah. But it's not... It's not a big deal. It's not as big of a deal amongst you guys as as, as people make it out to be. But and it just, happens a lot after majors. Really. Yeah. Well, after majors, it is. It's It happens a lot. There's just... Tensions run high. Like, yeah. This is our job. Like you need to be. If you're not there 100, percent you know, arguments happen. It, it's just it, it's sports. You know, you it is what it is. And um, people from the outside they like to judge and kind of have their own opinions about it. But unless you're there, right there in the heat of things, you will never understand what's going what's going on. Four of your five wins have come outside of the U.S. Why do you hate America? <laughs> <laughs> that is so mean. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, is there any one of those five wins that that means the most? Not really. Um, each one of them means something else. Obviously, I think uh, a lot of them are first event of the year, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely something to think about. Um, I would say, you know, each golf course was so different. Um, my feelings were different. In 2015, I had such a bad... 14? 14. Yeah, 2000... No, 15. 2015, I had such a bad year. I didn't even know if I would get into Malaysia. And I ended up winning the tournament. Like, something clicked. I had took a couple of weeks off before it, and something clicked. And then JT went was there, like, the week after that, and I was like, look, I'm sending you a lot of good juju. And he would send me my picture of the me winning in my scorecard and then he ended up winning and same thing kind of this year at the uh, in Thailand um that, that was the first time I had one in front of any member in my family uh, which was cool to have you know Nelly there and um you know, JT was playing that afternoon I guess because of the time change I was like Cindy you good juju <laughs> <laughs> on that note I'm supposed to ask you where you want your banner to hang in the gym in relation to JT and Michelle I told him that we need to like have the like us on his side of the wall because it's not fair that we have to be so far away all the time. <laughs> this is only going to apply to you two. I, none of us else have I've seen inside this gym. <laughs> so. JT has his like own wall and DJ has his own wall going and like we're so far away and we're like, but we want to be right there. <laughs> we're like, put JT on our wall because even Brooks is on our wall. Okay. So I was like, come on. <laughs> Good to know. We may have to do a tour of that sometime. So, yeah. all right. We kept you guys for a long time. I know it's a major week, so thank you for taking the time. Yeah, no Thanks problem. for having us. Of course. Best of luck this week. We'll get some more uh, sweaters in the mail to you. So, yeah, and, uh, we'll get you some. Too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you towels. We'll, we'll, we'll merch you guys out. So, thank you very much, and best of luck this week. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. Better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most!